Well, good morning and welcome to Life Church. Good morning, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole. We welcome all of our campuses today, our West Campus, our Appleton Campus, the Germantown Campus. It's great to have you with us today. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful summer weather, this sweltering heat that we have with rain and humidity. It just makes your hair go crazy. Amen. That's good stuff. Hey, just, just think about this. On days like today, I like to think about those cold, negative 25-degree days. And I say to myself, self, I like this. <laughs> Amen. I like this. Well, um, we are in our summer uh, series, and we kind of do what we do in the summer. We do a lot of what we call standalone messages. And so it's kind of what I call preaching or speaking out of the overflow. And so today I, I'm going to do a message on prayer. And so if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. If you don't, we're going to get there in just a minute. Uh, it'll be on the screen, but Luke chapter 11. But before I get to that, let me say two things real quick. One is, Fourth of July is coming up on Friday. I know everybody knows that. You probably have vacation schedules around that. But uh, if you haven't done so, drop off some water at the campus nearest you so that we can, uh, basically, we're trying to give 10,000 bottles of water away on these parade routes, uh, especially in Germantown and in Pewaukee. And so uh, we're going to be involved in those with the West Campus and the Germantown Campus. Appleton, we'll get to that next year. But uh, this year, this is what we're doing. And then also, I want to just say a big shout out to all the people that participated in the, in the golf outing for missions. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But we had a winning team. And I just think that if you have a winning team, the winning team needs to, they need to be presented. And so uh, I happen to be on the winning team. This is it right here. So hold on so you can just see. That's Marcus, Chad, yours truly, and, and Jack. Will you give the winning team a big hand? Thanks, guys. I was going to have Kevin Miller present my trophy to me today. But he's at the West Campus. So, Kevin, you can do that next week. And, uh, but I hope that uh, if you're in Germantown and Pewaukee, you'll join us. My family, we're going to be there at the parades and, and passing out water. It's a great time. If you've not signed up, please check the backside of your communication card and participate in that with us. And, again, a lot of great things that are happening at Life Church. We want you to be a part. Well, I'm going to get right into the message today. We're talking about prayer. And prayer is something that, Honestly, if you're a Christ follower, you, you kind of get it, you understand it. Even if you're not, you know what prayer is. Everybody kind of knows what prayer is. Prayer is talking or communicating to God. Uh, the, the thing is, though, is statistically it's proven over and over and over again that people, we typically tend not to pray. And, and when you ask people why, they'll tell you if, the, if they're Christ followers, man, I just got busy, I forgot, I got a lot going on. I know I need to, but it just, I just I have a hard time. Uh, if you find people that are kind of what I would call kind of like uh, creasters, they show up for church for Christmas and Easter, not you guys because you're here in the middle of the summer, amen? But, you know, just kind of people that show up occasionally, they, they kind of go, well, man, I, I, I don't, is he really listening? I, I don't know if I really want to bother God. Uh, sometimes I pray and I don't get answers. Uh, I know we're supposed to, like, pray a certain prayer, and I can't remember. It's called the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's something. I don't, and, and I, I just, and, and people that are far away from God would say, you know, man, I, I've got, got some issues in my life. I, I just have some, some junk in my life. I, I, I feel ashamed. I, I, uh, I don't know what to say. I, I really don't even know if I trust that I can talk to God that way. When most people pray, they pray out of two reasons, need or crisis. 
Most people, whether they're Christ followers or not, they call on God in need or crisis. And is that wrong? No. Especially if you're far away from God. God will always hear you when you cry out to him. Always. Regardless what you've done, regardless who you are, regardless how much grace you feel like you've used, God will always hear you. But the reality is, is when we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we get saved, we get born again, we experience Christ, we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and into our life and be our Lord and our Savior. As Paul says to the church in Rome, as recorded in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is who the Bible says that he is, we are saved. When we come into that relationship with Christ, we need to move beyond prayers of need and prayers of crisis. Because here's the difference. The difference I want to talk to you about today is, is built on relationship. And I want to show you this in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11. Luke's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 1, it records it this way. And one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples, it doesn't tell us who, said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Look at that again. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now, the disciples were were Jewish men. They had been raised in church, if you would, raised in the synagogue. They they understood how to pray and communicate with God. They they understood what we would call the Old Testament. They, They understood all of this. They got this. And this one disciple apparently is just kind of following Jesus and just kind of sitting on the outskirts and listening to him pray. And I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who really knows how to pray, but it's powerful. Because people that really know how to pray, people that don't just pray out of need or out of crisis, it's amazing. And here's the reason why. Because the difference is that real prayer is driven by relationship, not by need or by crisis. If you're going to tweet something today or post something on Instagram, that's worth posting. Real prayer is driven by relationship, not need or crisis. This disciple, we don't know who he is, he's listening to Jesus pray. And Jesus isn't praying because he's in need. Jesus isn't praying because he's in crisis. He's praying because it's out of relationship. That's the difference. I mean, I've been there in the hospital chapels where people are on their face before God saying, God, I will do anything. I will give you my life. They'll bargain with God because they've got a sick child. I've been there when when, when people are are facing a really tough time and I've sat with them in their homes and and I'm willing to do anything, Pastor. I'm willing to say anything. And and it's this moment of of crisis, of great need. I see people that sometimes will will come to church when there's this great crisis and this great need and and they'll come and they'll, they'll just give everything and they'll just do everything. And does God hear that? Yes. But God wants to get us to a place to where our prayer is not built on crisis or on need, but it's built on relationship. That's what that disciple heard as recorded in Luke's gospel, chapter 11, verse 1. He listened to the prayer of Jesus, and when Jesus was done, he says to him, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. This guy had heard people pray. He had heard recited prayers in the synagogues. He had seen uh, uh, the religious leaders, the the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin. He had heard this. He had heard priests. He understood the prayers of the Old Testament. He had read them. He understood them. But but Jesus prayed in a different way. And and when we get to heaven and we get to that heavenly IMAX, you know there's going to be IMAX in heaven, right? Everybody got that? I mean, really, the Bible's going to come to life, and we're going to get to sit there with, like, the biggest tub of butter popcorn. Hallelujah. No more Diet Coke in heaven because there's no more calories. 
Can I get a witness in the house? Amen? Some of you are thinking, I'm crazy. I'm just telling you. It's the way it's going to be. You can just sit and watch me do it or be part of it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to have the biggest box of, like, snow caps. You know what I'm saying? Come on, take me back. And I'm going to have that, and I'm going I'm to I'm watch. And this is part of what I want to see. I want to hear Jesus pray. Have you ever heard people that really have a deep relationship with God pray? My grandmother was one of those people. My grandmother could touch heaven, man. That little... Barely five-foot woman, she could make a pan of biscuits and she could touch Jesus. I'm just telling you. There, uh, she, she, she could cook like nobody's business and she could pray. And she constantly was just praying. Grandmother, what are you? I'm just praying. She'd be fixing food. I'm just praying. People would call her and say, Francis, would you pray? I'll pray. Family members would call in the middle of the night. She'd pray. She'd get up in the middle of the midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning, she began to pray. I'd hear my grandmother pray. My grandmother was old school. She was somewhat legalistic. She believed if anything was fun, it was sinful. So my grandfather loved to watch the Atlanta Braves play baseball. And so he would be watching the Atlanta Braves on TBS, and she'd walk through the living room, and she'd say, Marin, if the trumpet of the Lord would sound, and time would be no more. Do you think you would go to heaven? I don't think so. <laughs> Get out of here, woman, he'd say. But she could pray, man. She could pray. She could pray. Because it wasn't based on crisis. It wasn't based on need. It's because she knew Jesus. And here's the most important thing. Jesus knew her. The real difference is that it's out of relationship. And the Bible talks about that prayer should be a lifestyle. That prayer shouldn't be just something that we do out of crisis or need, but it should be a rhythm of life. It should be a, a flow of life. It, it should be what we do. And the Bible gives us some keys or some elements about this. It, one, one, if you want to have prayer as a lifestyle, you need to find a, a certain time, a certain time that you want to pray. In the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6 there's been a decree that nobody can pray to anybody except for to the pagan idol of the Babylonians. And Daniel prayed three times a day. And in chapter 6, verse 10, it says this. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. The King James Version says, as was his custom. A certain time to find in prayer, a certain place to find a prayer. It doesn't matter when it is. It, 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 does, it doesn't matter if it's early in the morning or late at night, but find a place. Find a, a certain time that works for you, a, a certain time that, that, that you want to connect with God, that you want to, whatever works for your schedule, and make that your place. Make that your time. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to be political about this. I travel quite a bit internationally, and the one thing that I watch with Muslims is that they pray at particular times during the day, and it does not matter where they are or what they are doing. They will stop and pray. I was traveling in Europe last year, and I, I was there, and I'm in baggage claim, picking up my, my bag. I don't even know what country I was in. And all of a sudden, there became this call to prayer, and it was a very, very eerie feeling. And, and all of a sudden, these, these, these Muslim clerics and, 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 and just Muslims, they, they began to, they stopped what they did right in the middle of baggage claim. And, and they rolled out, out their carpets right in the middle of, magic, of, of baggage claim, and, and they began to bow to the east, and they began to pray. And I sat there and thought, man, we, we're embarrassed to pray over lunch in front of coworkers. We're, we're embarrassed to call in the name of Jesus. 
in a public setting. These people are in baggage claim. You know what I'm talking about? Like, get out of my way. That's my bag. Get baggage claim, right? Got your cart, got to get run over with somebody with a stroller and a cart in both hands. You know what I'm saying? Baggage claim. And it just hits me. I've been on an airplane on international flights where they will stop, get in the middle of the aisle, and begin to find out where the east is and begin to pray towards the east. Why? Because they have a belief that there's a certain time that they want to connect with God. It doesn't matter when you want to, but what I am saying is, how many times do we allow our schedules and, and, and our lifestyles to impede upon that relationship with God? If we see people that don't believe in the God, that, that they don't even know if they're going to make it to heaven. How much more should we be out of this relationship and love for Jesus, this grace of God that he's given us, that we want relationship, not out of need, not out of crisis, but even finding a certain time that we that we have in prayer. A certain place. Find a, a place, a, a certain place. It doesn't matter where, but a place. Just kind of, hey, here's my destination. Here, here's my go-to place. Here, here's, here's we, we used to call it a, a prayer closet. Just kind of a place where you get alone. Maybe it's a chair. Maybe it's your family room. Maybe it's in the, in the basement in the morning and, and there's a family room down there. Maybe it's your card on your way to work. I don't know. Maybe, it's a spe- maybe, maybe you like to take a walk and there's a, whatever, but a certain place. Mark's gospel, chapter 1, verse 35, says of Jesus, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. We see this in Jesus. He had this ebb and this flow. He had this rhythm where he would get away from and he would get alone with God. He would just talk to God. He would slip away and just talk to God. Doesn't matter where, but find a place. Find a place. Find a, find a time, find a place. And, and, and the other thing we see in Scripture of people that have a lifestyle of prayer is that they have a certain plan. Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4, give us this Lord's Prayer. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. He gives them a plan. Now, here's what's interesting. I've had people ask me a qu- this question, and I think, this is, I think it's a legitimate question. Why at Life Church do we not recite the Lord's Prayer? Well, let me tell you two things. There's not some magical incantation of syllables and consonants and vowels that come together that forms some, some, this isn't witchcraft. This isn't some voodoo stuff. This isn't some kind of, if you just pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. Forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thou is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I, re, I, I, I memorize that. King James, you can tell through the these and the thous and the this and the thous, right? Is there something special about that? No. Because Jesus, so the first thing is there's not some special incantation in that. But it is powerful because it's God's word. But what did Jesus teach the disciples? He, he, when, when he taught them, he didn't come together and, and say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm teaching you this, this, this because you've got to recite it like this. He doesn't say recite this prayer. He just says pray after this manner. What does he mean by that? Walk it through. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Begin your prayer time with praise. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God has a perfect will for your life. Ask God's perfect will for your life to be done in your life. Give us this day our daily bread. God, you know what I'm going to do today. You know what's going to happen today. You know what's going to happen at 3 o'clock today. You know what's going to happen at that meeting that I have. Lord, you know the client that I'm going to be meeting with. Lord, you know, you know what's happening at school. Lord, you know the tests I've gotten third hour. Give, us, give me my daily bread today, Lord. Whatever I need today, patience, insight, wisdom, guidance, direction, give me that today. Lead, 
Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Lord, if there's any unforgiveness in my heart, forgive me. Let me not hold anything against anybody else. Let my heart and my spirit be like Teflon. Don't let non-stick, right? Don't let anything stick to me. And God, forgive me. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Why? Because every one of us are jacked up. Every one of us are fatally flawed. Every one of us, just like Superman had kryptonite, every one of us has a spiritual kryptonite, if you would, something that will take you down. God, keep me far away from that and lead me not into that, but deliver me from that today. And he ends with, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Lord, I just give you praise and I thank you for hearing me and thank you for this day. Plan. That's why the Lord's Prayer was given to us. Not to recite, although that's a good thing. Not to memorize, although that's a great thing. We hide God's word in our heart that we might not sin against him. But it's a plan. It's a way in which to begin to approach the Father. Remember, the real difference is that real prayer is driven by relationship, not my need or crisis. I keep saying that because that's what it boils down to. If you really want to have an active prayer life, if you really want to connect with God, if you really want to, to know God, it's going to come out of relationship, not out of need or crisis. So, so what does a prayer uh, driven by relationship look like? Let me give you a few things, and we're going, to, we're going to land the plane today. First, it starts with worship. It begins with worship. I just said it a minute ago, but, but it begins with this worship time. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 9, records uh, the, the Lord's Prayer as well. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Begins with praise. Begins with worshiping God. That's why we begin every single service at Life Church with worship. It's not so you have time to get in off the parking lot and check your kids into Life Kids. It, it's not because of the 10-minute miracle that happens. You know, the first 10 minutes of every service, it, it's like miraculous. The seats just begin to fill as you begin to look around. Because we're all trying to get here and all of that. It's because God inhabits, he dwells, he lives in the praises of his people. Again, I didn't create it. I didn't design it this way. This is how God designed it. And so when you come into a worship setting like at Life Church, you're going to see some people with hands lifted up. Why? It's just, a, it's just an action of surrender. You're going to see some people, you're going to be clapping, they will clap. And, and some people will be singing loudly and off tune. Right? Welcome to church. And everybody, get, everybody has a voice. And some people will have great voices. Some people won't sing. Some people will stand. Because posture is not really what's important. What's important is the attitude of my heart. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on my heart. I like to tell people all the time, look, if you can go to a Packers game at Lambeau Field, and uh, you can just sit there and go, yo, yay, go, go Pack, go. Then that's all God expects out of you. If you, can, if you act a fool at Packers games, and I'm not talking about with liquid courage, I'm saying you just are like, wow, I mean, it's on like Donkey Kong, then you might want to give God a little bit more than go, God, go, right? Because that's based on personality. But some of you are very just conservative in, in of your nature. That's completely fine. You don't need to. And then some of you, you're, it feels like you're at a rap concert, waving your hands in the air just like you just don't care. Come on. Come on. What? I mean, I mean you're, you're going on with it. That's fine. And some people go, what's going on? And, and here's what I would say. If you've been to Summerfest, people are acting a fool. I understand there's reasons for that. But I'm just saying they're acting. Why? Because they're, they're involved in the worship. How much more passionate should our worship be towards God? How much more? Oh, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. I'm fixing to get cranked up in a minute. How much more should we be? And sometimes people go, well, you know, I just don't really care for some of the, like, like the worship. Well, join the club. 
If we did it the way I would want to do it, it'd be black gospel every week. Get into my car. I mean, it's like heavy. Yeah, thank you. It'd be heavy bass and, and you know, Donnie McClurkin and 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 I mean, I, it's all this. And I like the old school stuff, like uh, the hymns of heavenly praise, page number fifty-three, the key of G, signature time is four-four. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a four! I, folks, I get it. But worship is not about me. It's about him. And so when I sit here and I walk into a room, like I did today at the Germantown campus, and I see 17, 18, 19-year-olds that are worshiping God and singing unto him, that motivates me. Because where were you when you were 17, 18, and 19? They were here last night for Saturday night service. Where were you when you were 17, 18, and 19? Were you at church on Saturday night? Don't, don't point. It's not nice, right? That, that encourages me. That encourages me. That should encourage us. You know, when, 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 when I'm in that, in that time, when in the case, there's a song that is sung that it's like, whoa, that just takes me there. It, it's, it's like my song. And usually whatever song was sung when you got saved, that's what you like. Really, seriously. It depends on, you can tell when people get saved because it's like, what's your favorite song? And it's kind of like that genre. But it's not about that. It's about worshiping God. I'm going, to do, I'm, going to, I'm going to do some messages this summer just on worship and talking about the power of worship and what that means and what that looks like and why. Because I think we need to be reminded we're not just singing songs. We're not performing. We're participating, not for each other's benefit, but for God. Because when we lift high the name of Jesus, he fills the place. In the same way as in our prayer time, when we begin to worship God, he shows up. It's not a list of, hey, God, here's what I need you to do for me today. Hey, God, here, here, here's, here's the top five things I got going on today. Hey, God, here's my agenda. Can you, can you show up here some point in time and maybe help me out with the client? It's God, I give you everything today. It leads me to the second thing is fully surrendered. Prayer based on relationship is a fully surrendered prayer. It's I lay it all down. I, I give it all to you, God. We see this example of Jesus, especially on the cross, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, the Bible says of Jesus going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible that this cup may be taken from me, speaking of the cross, yet not as I will, but as you will. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, Luke's gospel, chapter 23, verse 46 records, father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Jesus lived with this reckless abandon towards God, this full surrender towards God. That's what God's looking for from us. Lord, I trust you. I may not always understand you, but I trust you. I may not always get this, but I, I trust you. God, here it is. Palms up, Lord. Whatever I have is yours. My children, they're yours. My life is yours. My business is yours. My finances, they're yours. My investments, they're yours. My mind is yours. My heart is yours. It's completely surrendered to you. The Bible says that a broken and a contrite spirit, a fully surrendered heart, God will never turn away from. You want to get God's attention? Fully surrender yourself to him. I'm not saying fully surrender yourself to me. I'm not God. I'm just, I'm just flesh and blood. I'm just one beggar to another beggar where to find food. I'm not telling you to fully surrender yourself to a church. I'm saying fully surrender yourself to Jesus. That's it. Because when someone really knows you, you have an intimate relationship with him. That's what God desires from us. That's what we desire from him. And that comes out of full surrender. 
A prayer life that's built on relationship is also prayer with confidence. When you pray, pray with confidence. Pray with confidence. When you ask God, when you approach God, you don't have to do so timidly. Oh, Aaron, I think you may be missing this. No, 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 no. Look what the Bible says. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. For we did not have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet did not sin. Think about that. Every situation you're going to deal with, Jesus is faced. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I don't have to go to God timidly. I can go to him boldly. Why? Because at the end of it, God's word says that I can do that. The enemy of my soul will say, hey, you can't talk to God. Hey, you can't approach God. Hey, you can't. No, no, no. God's word says right here, Jesus, you understand me. Jesus, you get me. Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. You understand my faults and my failures. You walk this earth. That's why God sent his one and only son. So he would understand, so that he would, we could, we could, he would be our high priest. He'd be the one that we could go to. I don't have to go to a man to get this. I don't go to a priest. I go to Jesus. You don't have to come to me. Look, look, when Jesus Christ paid the price, you don't need a man to take your sins to God. That's Old Testament. You can directly go to Jesus and give him whatever it is, whether it's sin, whether it's struggles, whether it's issues, directly to him. James chapter 5, verse 16 says that the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That word righteous is not speaking of your righteousness. It's speaking of the righteousness of Jesus that's applied to your life when you come into relationship with him. Our righteousness is, is as a filthy rags inside of a holy God. But we've been saved, not of ourselves. It's a gift of God. And when we encounter that salvation, we can pray with confidence. It's amazing to me how many people don't think they can pray. I don't know if God will really hear me. I, I don't know if you really understand. I, I really don't know if. No, he does. That's what the Bible says. Paul, Paul instructs the church and says, don't be ignorant, brothers, about these things. You're not stupid, but be aware. You have this power. You have this relationship. You have this. This is not relegated to somebody with a spiritual gift of prayer. That doesn't exist in Scripture. And the last thing is when you pray out of relationship, it's personal, not formal. It's personal, not formal. I meet so many people that just feel like they have to have these flowery words or these big words or these big statements and, and to catch God's attention. No. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 and 7, or 7 and 8 says, And when you pray, Jesus says, Do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him then why do we have to ask him? Because that's the way he set it up. He's the creator, I'm the creation. He's God and I'm not. And part of the reason why he wants us to ask is because when we ask of him, the same way when your children ask of you, they're acknowledging that you're their source. You have teenage kids and they think you're just like a meal ticket? Let's just talk for a minute, moms and dads. Like you're a walking ATM, like money grows on trees, right? If you don't, just wait. It'll happen. And what happens is, is they just 
And there are times where you go, I know they're in need. I know they need something. But the reality is, is that I want them to ask me. Oh, I have the ability to give it to them. I just want, I'm waiting for them to ask me. I'm waiting for them to check themselves before they rickety, rickety wreck themselves. And, I, and I'm waiting for them to drop their pride and drop their themselves and just simply ask me. That's what God does. You, you got it all under control? Go on with your bad self. I'm here, God says. But I'm going to go over here to Starbucks and grab the grande skinny cinnamon dolce latte at 190 degrees, and I'm going to sip on that and watch and read the USA Today. And when you come to the end of yourself, then I'll be here. I'm as close as the very mention of my name, but the reality is, is that I don't need big words, God says. I, I don't need you to keep going on and on and on. I don't need you to impress other people with your prayers. How many pastors and priests and spiritual leaders try to impress people with their prayers? Next time you're in an event or you're watching or they're, or they're showing, they're streaming something live and they have these flowery prayers, who are they praying to? Oh, no. I'm telling you, it was, it's prayers like Francis Steele sitting in that small kitchen beginning to pray and intercede and say, oh, God, I'm coming before you again because my son's in trouble. Now, God, I remind you of your word. My grandmother didn't read, rehearse prayers. She prayed out of relationship. When you talk to your best friend or to your spouse, do you, do you, do you have it all written out and you manuscript it? No, it would be weird. It would be odd. What do you do? You talk, you look eye to eye, you listen, you converse. And the more serious the matter, the more engaged you are. That's what God wants of us. He doesn't need us to impress him. He's God. He doesn't need big words. He created the language in which you and I speak. We don't need to impress each other. Who really cares what you think or what I think? It only matters what he thinks. It's not about steeples and stained glass. It's not about Sunday morning performances. Oh, God, forgive us and keep us from that. It's about a heart that just says, God, whatever you want, I'm here. God, I'm flawed and I've failed. But your word says that you redeem me. I don't feel adequate, but your word says that you still love me. I, I, I don't feel like, but God, your word says that you are here and you'll never turn me away. Father, I just thank you today that you are here. You're at the West Campus right now. You're at the Appleton Campus right now. Those that are watching us online, you are right there. Because your word says that we're two or more gathered together in your name. There you are. Father, your word says that if we ask anything according to your word, it will be done for us by the Father in heaven. And so I pray that you would show up right now in the hearts and lives of men and women. That the light would just turn on. That that spiritual light would just turn on. God, that you would turn people from darkness into light. I can't do that, but your word can. You can. Unless they're drawn on the Holy Spirit, Lord, your word says that no man or woman comes to repentance. And Lord, it's not by your judgment, Romans says. It's by your kindness that we come to repentance. I pray, God, reveal your kindness to us today. God, thank you that you're here. Thank you that you hear us when we pray. Thank you that you're as close as a mention of your name, Jesus. 
And God, thank you that you want to have relationship with us. That you desire to talk to us. And you desire for us to talk to you. As a father does to their child, so you, Heavenly Father, desire to hear from us. Meet us today in Jesus' name.